for me, I'm always going to be working, taking time to work on the business, but also you're going to find me in the business too. Welcome to the Durango Joe's podcast, where we believe everyone deserves a smile, a warm greeting, and a great cup of coffee. I'm your host, Trevor Ogborn. And as always, I have Joe Lloyd on the mic. Joe, how are you doing today? Trevor, I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear it. Well, it has been a busy week and certainly a busy month because we are planning and building up to what we're calling our annual leadership workshop. This is a big deal. This is a a huge meeting that we gather like 35 members of the various store leadership team together to really kick off and launch the year's goals. Tell me a little bit more about what the leadership workshop is. Trevor, this is probably one of the most exciting parts of my year that I get to deal with because we get to unveil vision. And that's, for me as an entrepreneur, that's the funnest part of my job is to really share the vision of what we're going to do or where we're going to go. And so every year in January, we get together with our leadership teams and share the vision. And we just don't off the cuff, share the vision. In October of 2020, I think in a previous episode, we actually talked about this. We were at a a leadership retreat where we came and brought ideas. And from that point to this point, we took that three months and took all the things that we came up with and formulated it to what we have now that we're ready to present to the entire company. So we're pretty excited about it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Now, like I said, there's like 35 managers tied up in this. That's a lot of salaries. This is an expensive meeting to run. So tell me, why do you justify spending all this time, energy, and money on this workshop? I think if I don't spend the money, I I would probably lose more money than anything else if I didn't have this meeting. And so putting several thousand dollars into it and bringing everybody to the table collaborating, talking about things, getting things, you know, out there for the, for the year. So people can actually anticipate and plan their own store, what they're doing in their own stores. It's, 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 it's huge having that time to be able to do that. And so, Hey, yeah, it's costing us thousands of dollars to get everybody together. But in the end, at the end of the day, I'll tell you, it pays off in huge, huge ways. And one of the big ways it does, or one of the reasons it does is because even though it's not something that's bottom line work, it's not like we're in the business of making coffee and selling coffee when you look at it from that standpoint. But this is something that really paints a broader picture. And again, like you said, casts vision on the year ahead. So that's really our topic today is the difference between that bottom line work, working in the business and the more broad spectrum bigger picture working on the business. So what is the difference between the two and why do you think working on the business is so important? Well, I, you know, working in your business is really spending time managing your business as it is today, but working on your business, Trevor, is it's investing time. So your business can be better tomorrow. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're looking, you're, you're forward looking, you're forecasting, you're planning ahead to what is the preferred future for your business. And that's what working on the business is all about. Do you have to work in the business? A thousand percent. Or you don't make money. Or you don't make money. But I always tell small business owners, take time, carve time out of your day to work on your business. So give me some examples, practical examples here of what working in your business looks like. What are some of the tasks and uh, 
activities sure. involved within your business working? Yeah. Working in your business is very technician ish, if you will. It's uh, making the product it's delivering the service. It's the administrative work that goes on in order to make your business run. It's hiring and onboarding, you know, the team members that you have to have. And whether you're, you're a team of two or 150, like we are, yeah. it didn't matter. You, you got to do that in order to make it work. And, you know, marketing and management and execution of things that have to happen on a day-to-day basis. Those are things that happen if you're working in the business. All right. And on the flip side, working on your business, what goes into on your business type working? Yeah. And that's, and that's big picture stuff. That's strategic planning, vision casting, research and development. Some things that we're doing this year, as far as working on the business, creating better systems. Yeah. And we have to create better systems and uh, alliances and, and partnerships. And all that is meaning you're, you're speaking to other maybe coffee shop owners or people that are in your business that can, um, you can share information back and forth with about what's going on. So those are great things. And, you know, and all obviously financial projections, those kind of things, making sure that, you know, that, that you're on track for whatever your goals are, are for that year. So, so to summarize, Working in your business is anything that is an immediate action that maybe affects the bottom line and the daily operations of the business. Whereas working on the business, anything within that category is stuff that maybe doesn't pay you dividends right now, but is an investment that pays you back later. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Where do you think most small business owners land most of the time between the two? Well, I I think most of the small business owners, because of of their schedule and the fact that you know, being in business, if you're running it on your own demands that you're in it. Okay. A thousand percent. It demands that you're in it. And so most of the small business owners are in their business and they, and they not forget, but they, they sometimes just don't have the time to invest in working on the business. And so they find themselves scrambling a lot. And that's where I was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At the very beginning, found myself uh, really scrambling a lot. And when did you really have the uh, the epiphany that you needed to start working on the business? And how did that business change? Well, when I, yeah, you I, did. it definitely did change because it had to, if it was going to make it, you know, I had to make that pivot. I had to change and realize I had to go from being entrepreneur, hard worker over, you know, overwork type of a guy to going, I have to be a CEO. And I had to change my attitude. I had to change my routine that I had in the day. I had to change my mindset. A lot of things had to change, but what it felt like looking in the business, you know, stuff was getting done all the time, but I wasn't making progress. You know, I didn't feel like I was working towards anything that was meaningful or bigger than the vision. And so I was real fuzzy on really what the big picture looked like and all that stuff. And I was on this treadmill of constant busyness and stress and being overwhelmed. And that's when I had to make that decision. I've got to, I've got to take time and step back and start working on the business if this, if this thing was going to fly. I love that image of the the treadmill. That was super visual for me. Like I, I personally hate running on a treadmill. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. It's just like, I'm suffering for the sake of suffering at this point, but put me on a trail to go hiking or biking or trail running even. And it's like, Oh, this peak up here, this, this destination I'm heading to. And man, that paradigm shift changes the activity for me so much. So that just spoke to me in a, in a cool way there. 
So what do you encourage other businesses do in order to carve that time out for working on the business? And how much time do you recommend? Well, of course, you know, we have to spend considerable time as business owners working in the business in order to be successful. But um, I want you to look at it this way for a second. Just working in and on the business is like operating uh, like two businesses, really, at the same time. You know, the business that you're in and the business that you're becoming. Oh, right? okay. And you have to think of it as running two businesses at once, really, because they're very different. Yeah. And so carving time out of your day, and I've, I've had to learn this, you know, I have to get up earlier in the morning. And not that I'm, you know, making myself better than everybody else, but, you know, really the, the early morning routine is so important if you're going to be in business on your own and be an entrepreneur, because that's really the only time you have to yourself. Yeah. Those quiet hours in the morning. Oh yeah. And so from really, you know, 5.30 or 6 in the morning to 8.30, it's my time to work on the business because people start showing up at 8.30 here or eight o'clock in our office and things get busy by nine and I'm being pulled every direction, you know, because that's my time to meet with people. That's my time to give of myself and to pour into people. And if I need to be working in a store or be doing things that need to be done, I can do that. But without that early morning time working on the business, I would be left feeling like I'm just, you know, chasing my tail. Yeah. It helps that we're in the coffee business, those yeah. early mornings. Oh, Man, I, I can't tell you my today. My my wife texted me at about six fifteen, and she says, "I am so sorry that you left your coffee that you made <laughs> on the you know on the kitchen table." And I'm like, "Yeah, but remember, we have a really good espresso machine at our office, yep. so I didn't you know go too long without coffee." Yep, well, that certainly helps. So a lot of these concepts we've started discussing uh, on this episode, you learned actually from a book called E-Myths Revisited. Can you give me a synopsis, kind of the general overview of what that book is and why it was so valuable? Yeah, sure. The, this is one of the classic small business owner manuals out there. It's classic. Every, every business owner should read this book because it really talks about three different types of people, but it, it also uh, explains the concept and the why behind working on your business and why that's so important. It explains the why of that. And so it, it's really super strategic and gives you a real good visual because it talks about three types of people that are in your business. The one, the entrepreneur, the visionary. And if you are a business owner and if you've started your own business, congratulations, you're an entrepreneur and that's awesome because you couldn't have done that without a vision. And that's the first person. The second person is the manager, the guy or the gal who runs the business, taking care of the numbers, taking care of the day-to-day, -day, the schedules, the inventory, all of that great stuff that needs to happen, yeah. right? And then there's the technician, all right? That's probably why you got in the business originally because someone told you you made pies really good or your cakes are awesome. And so you thought, okay, well, maybe I could sell them. Yeah. Yeah. And people would tell you, yeah, you're, you're the best cake maker. You could sell this, these cakes if you just sell them, you know, if you put them online or if you had a brick and mortar shop and opened a bakery, that's probably birthed that idea, but that's the technician piece. And so if you're starting a business, you're probably all three of those. Right? Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. That's where you're at. And how does that feel to you? I mean, it's, it's wild. Learning to, to manage my time has been one of the 
quickest curves I've had to climb up at the moment is trying to figure out how to manage the the time between, yeah, being all three of those. Right. At the end of the day, a lot of people kind of fall out of the small business world just because they can't figure out when to let go of being a manager and hiring somebody to help them manage or training someone to be the technician so you can continue to be the visionary. Yeah. And oh, so, yeah. And so it's this book really helps you kind of identify those three and how to manage your way so that you're not, you know, chasing your tail. So you're not feeling like your day has just gone crazy and you didn't get anything done, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's a great, great book. I'd recommend it to anybody. So Joe, what activities go into working on your business? If there's three kind of categories for that. Sure. I think, you know, you have to constantly evaluate your business performance is number one. And I'll break these out a little bit here in a minute. But the second one is you got to be clear on your vision. We talked about vision. As an entrepreneur, you're a visionary anyway, but how do you communicate that? Number three is invest in yourself. You know, I've talked about this in earlier podcasts, but being your own advocate to becoming healthy and being healthy is super important because no one's going to advocate for you to be that person, you know, that you know you need to be. You have to, you have to go after that yourself and yeah. to be healthy. So I'll talk to you about that in a minute. But constantly evaluating your business performance is something that's super, super important that you have to do. And if you don't, again, you're sitting down every day and you're like a hamster, you know, on the wheel just spinning so we've talked about that first one a little bit, especially in that episode we did on how we measure success for our, our business. And that was really looking at it from a very financial standpoint. But I know performing constant evaluations of your business performance, it's broader than that. So break that one down a little bit more for me. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it, it's, it's making sure you're, you're looking at your, your P&L, your cash flow statement, your balance sheet, those things that we've talked about before, but it's also keeping score through your KPIs, your key performance indicators. What are those? What is your business value and how do you score success? You know, because when you walk in to your office or you walk into your store every day, you want to know that you're winning or if you're not winning, how can you get to a place where you're, you're successful? And so what are some of those things that you're looking at? You know? Yeah. 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 Give me an example of a KPI that we take a look at on a regular basis. Sure. Internally, we look at payroll. All right. We could easily have too many people working in a store. If we're not looking at how many people are on shift at one time based on the fact that we have a trend of customers that are coming in normally during that time. And if there's too many, then we're wasting a lot of payroll. Yeah. We're wasting money. So we have to decide how do, how do we keep people on shift and how, what, how many are, you know, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. And we follow trends in order to do that. But if you just say, hey, I'm going to have five people on shift for 12 hours a day, your payroll is going to get out of whack. And another one is cost of goods. We measure our cost of goods, making sure that we're not overspending on our products, we're, we're not ordering too much product, things like that. Another KPI is our average daily sales. So that's something I look at. We look at that every week, a couple times, just to make sure our stores are on track. And if they're not, we're asking questions, you know, what, yeah. what's going on. It could be that it's seasonal. It could be that, you know, school just got out and, you know, there's a lack of volume there for whatever reason. So, so the stick you're measuring it against changes from time to time. Oh, absolutely. But it's good to know. Yep. 
And so those are the things that you have to constantly be looking at to make sure that you're on track. So let's talk about being clear on our vision. Break that one down and a few of the ways that we do that, including, I think, our leadership retreat in our upcoming workshop. Oh, absolutely. And again, that's one great way, but it can't be the only way, you yes. know, and the only time. We, like I told you at the very beginning, man, this is an exciting time for me as the owner and and founder of Durango Joe's to be able to share the vision for 2021. But you have to do that, not just once a year, but you got to do that almost every week. I think sometimes when you get really sick of hearing yourself share the vision, the people are just about that time they're getting it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like a, a marketing concept. Sometimes the customer has to kind of have 10 touches or 10 interactions yeah. with your brand before it becomes memorable. Exactly. And you have to repeat the vision uh, a lot in order for everybody to get on board. And it's not this thing that people don't want to be on board, you know, but it, there's so many things going on around them, our teams, that if you're going to be heard, you got to yell sometimes and, yeah. or you got to repeat yourself a lot. And that's okay. And that's something that a lot of leaders get sick of doing is repeating themselves, but welcome to the <laughs> business world and being an entrepreneur because you have to repeat yourself a whole lot if you have a team of people you're working with. Well, and, and one way to look at it too is just like you were saying before, as a, a business owner, you're, you're having to work on the business and in it, that's two separate jobs. Oftentimes, especially when you're working with the same demographics we are, baristas, and the people in the stage of life they are, they're operating multiple quote unquote businesses in a sense where they're, they've got their job life, they've got their school life, and then they've got their home and social life. Yeah. And so they're not a hundred percent focused on Durango Joe's or whatever business you happen to own. Yeah. Like you are, it's very different. Yeah. It's very different. And so it's not, not a bad thing to, um, you know, really repeat yourself. And, you know, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible, it's a proverb and it says without a vision, people will perish. And, and that's, that's important to know. And also with a vision, you know, being clear is kind. So being clear is kind. I've heard you say that recently. I think that's part of, I think what you are trying to, to sell in a sense yeah, of, yeah. is clarity to, to companies. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's so smart in a way because there's so many avenues of communication that are out there. And if they're, if you're not clear and people get mixed messages all the time, that's not kind. Yeah. If people aren't working a hundred percent with you, and this is usually a clarity problem, I think, then they are working adjacent or perpendicular or sometimes against you because they've got their own mission or vision for what they're doing. Exactly. So being clear on that is, is critical. Yeah. So within being clear on our vision, we actually have a number of different things, activities that we perform throughout the year, because like you said, this can't be just one big announcement, one big workshop meeting where we present all this stuff and then hope it just carries through the other 364 days of the year. It just doesn't work like that. So we've got, of course, the big workshop itself, but beyond that, we do quarterly check-ins and this ties into the big three, which is the three main focuses, the three main goals in order to help our business be successful for each quarter of the year. And then from there, it filters down even further where we're checking in on those big threes, on those KPIs, all the, on those things that we're evaluating on a much smaller scale. That's weekly meetings and biweekly meetings with the stores and stuff like that. So I want to kind of 
filter down through each of those in a little bit more detail with you and kind of hear how we look at them. So starting again with that leadership workshop, what are we presenting this year? Well, we're really trying to, in 2020, 21, we're really looking forward in a sense. Okay. We had a heck of a 2020 and, you know, we've, we got injured, you know, we got smacked in the face. We had, we got, we had a black eye, you know, we're coming out of 2020, you know, okay. <laughs> we, we did, we did okay. But we're scrappy. We're scrappy. And so we're going to be looking at 2021 and really as we grow our company, the thing I said in 2020 is we want to get better before we get bigger. And I'm kind of moving that into 2021. I mean, we wanted to survive in 2020. So, and some of the things that we had planned, we didn't quite get to, which was fine because I guarantee you, we, we did more in 2020 than we've ever done in a sense. I saw our company rise up and be more resilient, be more competitive, be more courageous than I've ever seen this company do in the past. So we did a lot of great things, but in 2021, we're going to really focus again on systems and procedures that really center around our point of sale. We got new point of sale system and also our reward system. We got a new app that we launched this last November and it is super cool. And we're going to get everybody dialed in on how that works on how that operates, how we can make it a seamless transaction at the register every time someone comes up to get a product from us. And right now it's a little clunky because it's brand new. And so we're working out some of the bugs, but we're really focusing on that. We're also focusing on servant leadership. I'm going to be launching a servant leadership class that's going to be online. And then all of our leadership training for the first and second quarter is going to center around that topic of servant leadership. And then uh, we talked about the big three, which Every quarter, we have a new big three, and that big three centers around three things. One, we have a goal for our culture. What is our cultural goal, all right? And that might be uh, enhancing the customer's experience at, yeah. the, at the registry. And a couple of ways we've done that is really focusing, like, it's super important to us that we remember people's names and use oh, their yeah. names. We don't want Jill to be latte number four for the morning. We want her to be Jill. She's yeah, a person. So exactly. that's one of those culture goals that we really try and focus on. Yeah. The, the customer connection, you know, speed and quality is a cultural goal because that's our cultures. We have to be qual- about quality and we have to do it fast because yeah. that's what people expect. And, you know, like building staff relationship is, is really important to our culture as well. So we have goals that talk about all those things, but we pick one for the first quarter. And then the second category is sales. So what is our sales goal? And that could be as simple as our average ticket price. We want to up the average ticket price. And so we have contests on, you know, our employees who upsell whipped cream or an extra shot or uh, an extra flavor in a drink. Mm-hmm. And our, our, our point of sale system, you know, can track all that. And so at the end of the day, we can see how many extras on that, on, on that shift or that day, the store got, and we have a contest. And so we make it fun, but a large part of our sales is making sure that we do get everything people want and more, you know? Yeah. So, and, and the third one centers around operations. We call it our ops goal. And that could be as simple as, hey, this this quarter, we are focusing on 
our company espresso machines. We're going to make sure we're keeping these espresso machines clean. We're going to hand out material to make sure they're, they're being washed, they're being taken care of properly. And so we'll go, we'll send out a video about how to make sure you maintain your machines. And so, yeah. you know, things like that or decluttering the store, you know, making sure we're, Hey, it's going to be spring cleaning. Th this is, we're going to get rid of all the stuff that's just gathering up in the corners and we're going to clean out the stores. And so we give d direction on that and we offer assistance and things like that. But those are three things that we can work on in that quarter in order to accomplish, you know, what we want to accomplish. Yeah. I think the powerful thing about the quarterly view of this as well is the idea isn't like you talk about machine maintenance and making sure those espresso machines are getting the love and attention they need. That doesn't end after that quarter focus oh, no. ends. Like that's an expectation year round. We have to be taking good care of these things. We need to be making sure the stores are decluttered. We need to be, make sure that we're continuing to work on higher average ticket prices. But the idea is for a quarter, that is like the focus. That is the, the, one of the big things to focus on. And hopefully then you are building habits and helping provide resources that then carry out throughout the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, every year we'll probably focus on that at some time. And that's because we, you know, in our industry, we have turnover. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so we're training new people all the time. And so to focus on some of these things each year and to kind of rehash it and make sure everybody's on the same page is super, in, you know, intuitive and super smart to do that. Yeah. So taking all this stuff that we're presenting at the the workshop, you talked about the, the vision for the year, the quarterly goals and the big three that are tied to that. And then also you talked about servant leadership and that focus, that class, um, all of that stuff that we're going to be launching Tell me more about the actual quarterly check-ins. Now we're three months into the year and how do we use the quarterly check-ins to help continue that big kind of vision we cast from the workshop through the year? Yeah, and our quarterly check-ins are really to refocus what we're aiming at because a lot of things can happen in three months. And if you kind of get off track or if you're, you know, get distracted or something does come up, those quarterly check-ins can help us kind of revise if necessary or yeah. refocus the vision and the goals that we have that we're, we're aiming for. And so that's what those are for as our leadership team, we do them. And so, but on a, like a store level, our store leaders, you know, have quarterly check-ins with the baristas just to make sure they're on schedule, they're doing good, their training's doing doing great because they have their own goals with their own stores. Yeah. You know, and so, because a lot of the baristas are working on different things that they need to improve on. And so the managers or the leaders at those stores are meeting with them quarterly. Perfect. And then the last piece of the puzzle is really the weekly and then biweekly meetings. Tell me what the difference is between the two, who's sitting in on them sure. and what they basically provide for us? Yeah. Accountability. That's what they provide. And uh, that's what all the meetings provide, really. The essential good lines of communication and accountability. And that doesn't mean you sit in the room and you, you know, with a stick and you hit people over the head because they are not getting their stuff done. That's not the accountability I'm talking about. I'm talking about encouraging people to, to move towards their goals. And if they need help, how can I help you? Yeah. And I, that's a way better way to do it. And it's more of a team effort than a, 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 you know, a person that's just happened to do it on their own because 
everybody needs help to accomplish their goals. And so we're always trying to make sure, hey, who do you need from the team to help you accomplish this this week? And we do that weekly as a leadership team every Monday and Wednesday. So we're reevaluating, looking at where we're at and where we're going and checking our KPIs once a week, twice a week as a leadership team. And then on the managers or leaders of the stores, we're checking in with them about, well, it's biweekly, so twice a month. We're um, asking some of those same questions to them and keeping them accountable to the goals that we've set. So it's pretty much a constant stream of communication. Yeah. And it's a constant effort to keep those communication lines clear and open and make them really not confusing, but just to the point. Meetings are important, but the bummer about meetings is sometimes people think they're a waste of time. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting to the point and you're hitting everything that you need to talk about and not, you know, getting off on, you know, tangents and things like that, you can keep those meetings to between 20 to 30 minutes and it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them super valuable. Yep. So just for some clarity on this too, tell me about who the leadership team is and the store leaders. Cause there is some linguistic crossover there and it's, it's largely because we want to make sure that we are treating everyone and holding everyone to the standard of leadership. Yeah. But there is a difference between the two teams. Yes. So we have a corporate office that runs Durango Joe's and we have a leadership team within there. That's myself. And then our, our uh, general manager, Steve, and then our cultural manager, Tiffany, is a part of that. And then we have our district managers, which is Mark. And our newest district manager is Jack. And we are on that team. And that's the leadership team for the, for the company. And so what do you guys look at that may be a little bit different than what the stores are looking at? Because you guys are meeting weekly. What, what's in that weekly meeting that you guys are reviewing? So a lot of what we're reviewing is things that the stuff that when I work on the business, a lot of the big picture. And then the leaders in the stores, they're working on things that have to do with things working in the business, you know, as far as getting the product out and doing the the things that, you know, are necessary in order to make the business viable. So, yeah, we're working on more of the... 30,000 foot view stuff and the store leaders are working on stuff that has to do with the customers and the product and all the things that go along with um, making those stores successful. Yeah. So all bases are covered on a weekly, bi-weekly basis, checking in, keeping that momentum all the way through the year. Yeah. So the last thing that you brought up when we were talking about kind of those three activities on that go into working on your business and that was investing in yourself. So Joe, where do you get your inspiration and what do you turn to when you're looking for that personal development and investing in yourself? Well, like I I said earlier, I think you have to be your own advocate for this. So no one's going to come to you and force you to take care of yourself. You've really got to take time out of your day because your business, your career cannot grow unless you grow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And success doesn't happen because your external circumstances get better. It happens because you get better, you know? And so you have to understand that the rate that you, that your company grows is going to be at the rate you grow. Again, I get up earlier in the morning. Yeah. 
you know, you don't have to pat me on the back for that. Okay. But I'm, I'm just saying that that's really part of my growth is, is making sure that I'm taking time to work on the business and to make sure I'm listening to the right podcasts that encourage me, that give me those ideas Yeah. because I'm always trying to put nuggets of good information into my bucket, you know, in a sense. So if I'm having a conversation, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just read this book or I heard this podcast and I'm talking to a, one of the store leaders and I'm saying, Hey, I just read this. This is super you know, this is exactly what you need to hear right now because it's going to help you. And if I hadn't read that book or that podcast, I couldn't provide that information to that person to help them get through that situation. So it all not only benefits you, but it helps your business grow. And so I would just encourage anybody to invest in yourself because it will always pay itself back. Well, and I love that concept of it's paying you back in a ways, but in a sense, you are now providing a service to your team and to the people that you are serving, servant leadership here. Yeah, um, right. You're providing the service to them as this bank of knowledge because you, you're you making the time to work on the business and invest in yourself in this instance. So I got to ask, what are you currently reading or what are you chewing on these days? Well, I this last week I actually read two books and, um, well, let me preface this. I don't read a whole lot of books. I listen. So audible.com. I love you. Um, <laughs> Not sponsored, but, but yeah. We're, yeah. But five, di- five dysfunction of a team by Patrick Lencioni. This book was written in, I, th- I think the early two thousands, but it's a classic. It's so good. Talks about building teams and what you have to do in order to make that happen. And so I, I, I've listened to that book. And then his other book that I just, I just finished is the advantage that he wrote. And it's really a, a, a collection of about three other books that he wrote in, into one, which is super helpful. And it's on, again, building teams, meeting with your teams. And, and he really debunks a lot of the, the myths about mm. meetings, you know, because how they can be boring and yeah, they sure can if you don't do them right, you know? So I would encourage anybody to, to really read these two books if, if they're building a team currently. And it was just a good reminder for me, a good fresh awakening to, to make sure that we're doing it right. Yeah. Well, and, and beyond that, I know you and I both talk quite a bit about story brand if we're talking podcasts. So the story brand podcast, I know entree leadership is right up there on the list. Uh, let's see entrepreneurs on fire EO fire JLD over there does a fantastic job. So there's all these fantastic podcasts out there that we, we regularly tune into and you've turned me on to a lot of them and they've been super important to me as a new business owner in reframing how I'm thinking about my business and working on it while trying to juggle working in yeah. it as well. You know, I think podcasts, there's so much good information and so many people that are, that are providing incredible content for free. It's literally, when I hear a good podcast, it's, long, it's almost like I'm cheating because I'm getting <laughs> all this information that, that people have to go to school to get, you know, and pay for, and it's free. And it's super, super awesome to have this platform. And this platform of the podcast has really only been popular for about a decade, really. And, you know, since about 2008 when they started really coming out. And so I would encourage, you know, any business owner, you guys take the time to listen to a podcast about leadership, about business. It it will pay off. It really will. And then you'll have something to encourage other people with. And it makes you look a lot smarter than you really are. (laughs) Well, perfect. There you are. 
I think if there's any question to wrap up on then is, is there ever a point where you feel that you have the opportunity or the luxury of simply working only on the business? Or do you think there's always going to be a bit of a balance between on and in? I think for me, unless my business just freaking explodes and we end up, you know, having 500 locations or something like that. I don't see that happening. So I think basically, you know, on on where we're we're going, I think I'm always going to have that balance because I really love working with people on the front line. I love being there. I love seeing, you know, the product being made. I love interaction with the customer. Um, So sometimes I go to one of some of our stores and I'll just sit behind the counter or stand, excuse me, behind the counter. Nobody sits behind the counter (laughs) and I'll, I'll just hang out and talk to customers while they're in line, you know, or occasionally I'll make a latte, you know, if they let me. And I love that part of being in the business in the interaction with my team and also with the customer. So for me, I'm always going to be working, taking time to work on the business, but also you're going to find me in the business too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Durango Joe's podcast. We hope it's given some practical ideas for the year ahead. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review and share it with someone else who might benefit from the message. The Durango Joe's podcast is published by Durango Joe's Coffee. It's written and produced by yours truly, Trevor Ogborn. You can find more of me over at brewedup.com. That's B-R-W-D-U-P.com. Durango Joe's. Love people, love coffee.